welcome back to the Ren Pod. It's been a while since I've done one of these, but I'm finally uh, nearing the end of film school. Um, so my workload is a little bit less um, hectic, let's say. Now it's a lot of just editing and um, filming short films and, and documentaries and things like that. Um, so those are a bit more... Um, let's say easy on my schedule uh, so now I have a little more time to try and get one of these out uh, every week or so hopefully I can do every week um, I have the time it's just you know now it just comes down to am I too lazy to do it or not um, so we'll, we'll find out I hope to, to be able to do this every week um, from here to the foreseeable future um, I mean you know things are going to happen, um, but I will try to continue to be here, no matter what, from now on. Uh, just hold me accountable to that um, on Twitter or something, I don't know, tweet at me or something, I don't know, do, do a thing. Um, yeah, so this is just kind of a chill way back. Um, Bradley is not in this one, but Bradley will be back pretty soon. Um, you know, we we're going to just chit chat and talk about, you know, what we've been watching, what we've been up to. Um, cause we, you know, we've had conversations, but we have not had conversations with you, the, uh, the listener in a while. So it'll be, uh, it'll be a time. It'll be fun. But without further ado, um, let's get into it. I, I think I put the music before this actually. So I don't know why I'm, I don't know. Maybe there's music here. Who even knows? Um, it's probably not. I don't know. Okay, so let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about things. I don't know, elephant in the room or something. Um, there's not. I don't know why I said that. Uh, movies. Things are coming out. Tribeca International Film Festival is happening. I'm not Tribeca. Uh, Toronto International Film Festival is happening. Um, movies are coming out. Things are happening. There's discourse and drama and stuff happening all over the place. But there's one thing that I would like to talk about when it comes to discourse. And that's Warner Brothers, which I'll get into this uh, probably a little bit less i'll probably i'll probably talk to Bradley about some of it but uh, no, but like i wanted to to really just vent not really vent but just kind of say what i'm looking at here from an industry perspective um as somebody who knows people who work there and and you know is is a uh, is working on uh on you know writing scripts and pitching ideas and things like that so the Warner Brothers clusterfuck, as it is, um, and as should be known, um, <laughs> industry wide. Um, Warner Brothers Discovery, of course, Discovery has purchased Warner Brothers from AT and T, um, and is essentially gutting the carcass of the uh, business that they purchased um, to make up for a deficit of, I believe, three billion dollars. Uh, the way that they're doing this, uh, you may ask, to destroy and get rid of anything that has the potential to make money um, as a tax write-off because they do not want to, their, their, their idea is that they don't want to run the risk of losing money on a project when they can guarantee some of the money back in a tax write-off. Um, but the things that they're canceling and the things they're getting rid of 
is not really it's not really about um you know recouping investment on a lot of the stuff on some things yeah maybe sure but when you really look at it and you go hey you're you're talking about um you're talking about entire like ips that are actually you know that are actually pretty solid and actually have some pretty good hype and more than likely would do well uh, at the you know either at the box office or straight to streaming um you know they of course most streaming services are very you know they're very tight-lipped on their on their numbers on on their you know viewership numbers and and how that equates to their revenue algorithms and equations and all this type of stuff but you know, you're talking about good IP, like uh, looking at um, at Batgirl and Supergirl, right? I know a lot of people are are tilted on Twitter or whatever, being like, oh, you know, being like, oh, they canceled it because it's bad. No, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like we haven't seen the movie. You know, at the end of the day, we as an audience have not seen the movie. We don't know if it's good or bad. We have no idea because the movie will never be reviewed by uh, by the, the the you know by the wider viewing audience ever ever. So we can't make that assumption of oh they canceled it because they don't you know because it's bad, right? You can never you can't say that because we haven't seen the movie, right? And and, and people who are like oh but they were, they did focus testing and the focus testing was negative no they didn't the focus testing was actually it was mildly okay it wasn't negative all focus testing is it's just just that it's just focus testing is to see how they can best market it is not based upon the actual good or bad qualities of the film it is purely for marketing purposes to find out how they can market it to the audience and get people to go and see it if you think that they just only release good movies then you haven't been paying attention to 90 percent of like movies that have come out in the last five ten years right like i don't know who else watched uh watched the re-release of morbius when they released it twice in theaters and it bombed both times like it's the quality of movies doesn't mean anything it's about how well they can market that movie to get butts in seats so they can sell you a ticket and just make the money back so that very that entire viewpoint was absolute garbage right but you know i i'd like to see it i think i had the the potential to actually do gangbusters like brendan fraser i was very excited for brendan fraser i'm a very big uh george of the jungle fan i'm a very big mummy fan i'm a very big like you know i'm a very big brendan fraser fan i love Inkheart. it is legitimately one of my favorite movies um which my which i'm gonna ask rally this one when we talk as well is like the revive see if he's changed his top five favorite movies of all time um since the last time we talked about it because i think i've revised mine a little bit and might switch out one or two on at least definitely on my top 10 um but maybe on my top five as well because it's been uh i've been introduced to a lot more um classic cinema and a lot more um i've just had a lot of time now that it is part of you know my job and also part of my studies to just watch movies you know so i've been i've had a lot more time to just like watch a lot more stuff um that did not get wide releases or didn't get theatrical releases or just you know didn't get the hype um back in the day uh, i've been able to rewatch it on you know on streaming services and stuff like that uh which is which ties into what i'm saying about warner brothers here because i wouldn't have seen a lot of stuff a lot of movies that didn't get hype in their initial release theatrically 
if it weren't for streaming services, namely, you know, for HBO and, and Netflix, HBO Max and Netflix truly at a certain point had curated um, some of the best indie content that did not have wide theatrical releases for a very long time, right? And to watch that stuff kind of go away into the ether in exchange for these very how do I how do I phrase this? How do I how do I put this phrase here? For this very corporate sanitized corporate um, structuring of filmmaking um, where it's very much it looks professional right like a lot of a lot of stuff that I've looked at that is that say like a Netflix original or an HBO original the nicest thing that I oftentimes can say about it is well it looks professional right it doesn't push any boundaries it doesn't um, it doesn't test any waters it doesn't make you think it's not trying to provoke thought or provoke feeling really like it is it looks professional it's professionally done but sometimes the best stuff that you can have is a little bit rough around the edges right it's a little bit a little bit um a little bit a little bit saucy a little bit um you feel a little bit like uh like you could have done more better maybe you know that i think the best um what is it? Uh, Forces of Evil. That that movie. That movie. Um, Sam Raimi. Um, right. Todd Tucker. Tucker. Todd. Something versus Forces of Evil or whatever. Right. Um, and Blair Witch Project. Right. These are very. They're not polished movies. They're not super polished. They're not super. You know. They don't even. A lot of times. A lot of things. They don't even really look super professionally done. I would say in terms of like sheen and shine and, and, you know, and, uh, buffed out the scratches and fresh off the new car lot. Right. Like, uh, Sam Raimi, his early stuff, um, his, uh, guy, guy who did spy kids. Um, uh, hold on. Let me, let me Google it. Let me Google it. The guy who directed spy kids. Uh, I know you're, you're already thinking, uh, you've already got the answer here. Um, Robert Rodriguez, right? Robert Rodriguez, Sam Raimi, like a lot of these guys, their early stuff oftentimes looks kind of rough and it's filmed a lot in extremely dark, um, extremely dark places because it high, it helps to hide the, uh, you know, it helps to hide the, the seams as it were in the, uh, in the photograph or, or in the clothing or whatever, right? Like you can't see the, the lack of budget or the lack of production quality because it's filmed in these very dark areas, which was innovative. It's very innovative. It's very smart. Um, it's whatever is what most indie, uh, indie directors do myself included. We've all done it. You play with the darkness because you have, um, you know, because you don't have, you know, studio lights or you don't have, you know, um, and, you know, you don't you're filming in a, in a in a building where you don't have a fully constructed set or something like that. So, you you know, you do a lot of close ups or you do, you know, you play with the with the darkness around the show, the shot so that nobody can really see what's going on outside of exactly what you want it to um want to be shown right um i literally did it i did it a couple nights ago with a uh with a title sequence that i had filmed for a short film that i made right like i i had to film a title sequence in my garage at two o'clock in the morning right 
so I I just uh, so I did an extreme close up almost uh, use an 80 millimeter film lens um, to just be extremely close up on a chessboard so that you couldn't see what was around it because literally around it is just a, like a war zone, just an absolute apocalypse zone of crap uh, and gym equipment um, that would not you know that does not is not conducive to a title sequence. So. Uh, so I literally just used an 88 millimeter film lens to be extremely close up and then filmed using that um, and in like three lighting stands or not even three, just two lighting stands and, you know, and just popped it. But it's that sort of thing where you're, you know, you play with what you have. Right. I was very short notice. I had like two days to, to film this thing to get the shots that I needed because I had the other shots, but I needed three different shots. I needed three like specialty shots. So I was like, okay, let me, you know, I have two days to do this. So let me pop this thing up two o'clock in the morning. Let's do this. Set all my stuff up, you know, got the, got the shots that I needed and got out of there. Right. Um, and went to bed <laughs> and then got it the next day and f- finished editing it at like 1158 PM. Right. So, so it's, it's one of those things where, you're you're you know i've I've forgotten where we're completely where i've gone here um right uh professional doesn't always mean good right things can do sometimes the best films can just be these diamonds in the rough right i love diamond and rough films where you know that there's thought and there's there's love and there's heart put into it and no it may not be the most professionally done film there might be some wild wonky cameras you know there might be some weird dialogue you know there might be uh you know lighting might be off or you might see a lighting stand in the back or something some nonsense like that you know there's there's something wrong with it but it also it, it helps it helps you feel like almost like you're a part of it right like maybe that's just me because i love film to the love that i love film right like literally I've, I've wanted to work in this industry since i was like three or four right like this is all i've ever really wanted to do in life um so movies and and making movies and watching movies these, these things give me joy right it gives me joy even the worst movie i've ever seen has given me more joy than um than like the greatest moment that i've ever had not involving film right or not involving some form of entertainment right like the 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 highest grade i've ever gotten in you know in in a 500 level you know biochemistry class is not giving me more joy than watching an absolutely atrocious you know film right like it just makes me happy it's just being a part of the process and so you know so when i when i'm talking about like you know well maybe okay maybe maybe baseball gives me about as much joy who knows you know <laughs> maybe baseball gives me about as much joy now that i think about it um but those are the only two things in my life that are, you know that's like awesome awesome you know everybody i think everybody has like one or two things that they're like that's awesome awesome right in film and baseball are like my two things i'm like that's awesome awesome right so you know so when i look at what's happened with warner brothers discovery and i'm seeing all these like really really solid indie films that yeah they're they're a bit scuffed you know they're a bit scuffed they're they're not perfect they're not amazing you know but they they're 
they've got heart and I like that. I want to see that. I want, I want more of that. I want to feel that. Right. Like that's why I love indie films more than I love a lot of, um, a lot of big budget stuff, especially recently, you know, everybody, everybody who listens to this regularly or has listened to this regularly knows that, uh, the Bradley, my co-host, extremely big Marvel fan. Right. And I'm a very big Marvel comics fan, extremely large Marvel comics fan. And so I, um, as of recently, I've not I haven't watched a Marvel film like a proper like Marvel film since Shang-Chi right Shang-Chi yeah because Shang-Chi came out after the Eternals whichever one came out latest it was either Shang-Chi or Eternals right I haven't watched a Marvel film since then really because I I I, Shang-Chi got me back into it I was like oh yeah I'm excited for this and I enjoyed Shang-Chi I enjoyed it and but everything else after that hasn't really drawn me in hasn't really gotten me to that point where i'm like oh i'm super excited about this right and not to say that you know dc is worse let's be honest um it's a a bag of you know bag of cat shit over there right um especially now that you know is you know now that uh discovery has gutted the place right like i was excited for the batgirl film i wasn't excited about batman being back i was like oh god we gotta do this again we gotta rehash this again i gotta deal with batman again right i was excited i i i I so desperately want dc to stop making batman content like like i so badly want them to stop making batman content i'm so sick of batman content if i see another batman show pop up and somebody goes and and people act like it's the first batman show to ever exist i'm gonna lose my mind man i I hate batman content at this point because every year it's like there's five more batman shows right it's like please there are so many other things to do so many other shows to to make please for the love of god or anything in the universe please make another ip Right. But I was excited for the Batgirl movie because I was like, oh, it's Brennan Fraser. Brennan Fraser. Love Brennan Fraser. Right. Uh, the, the the idea was actually kind of interesting. The directors were kind of interesting. You know, I was interested to see what was what was going to go down. Right. And now, of course, it's it's carked it. Right. Got to take a sip of some uh, some water there. I'm leaving that in. Uh, future me, leave that in. <clears throat> so, yeah, uh, I was excited about that. I'm, I'm, I don't even know if I'm gonna watch Black Adam. I feel like I have to because I've been thinking about this movie, or at least it's been somewhere around the the zeitgeist of pop culture for 11 years. So I feel like I have to watch it, you know. But I'm not. I wouldn't even say I'm excited about it. Um, but yeah, nothing has really drawn me in. Like the Marvel shows have drawn me into a bit, but I haven't I haven't watched Miss Marvel. Um, not for a lack of intention. I just I got distracted. I started rewatching Daredevil. Um and then there were just, you know, there were other shows uh to watch. I got really big onto a pirate kick for a bit, so I started watching Black Flag. Um, you know, and then uh and uh and you know, and then there's other shows that I was watching. Uh, so I got, you know, now Lord of the Rings has, has dropped. So I'm now I'm watching Lord of the Rings every week. Um, <laughs> so it just, I, I never got around to it. Uh, and now She-Hulk is out and I have been yearning. I mean, frothing at the mouth. Uh, people who know me know that, uh, 
that there, you know, there's a list of characters that I, I think there's a list of characters for everybody where they're like, this was my, you know, this was when I would like hit puberty, right? Like, there's a list of characters for me. She Hulk is on that list, right? I remember the animated show very, very fondly. Um, you know, and all these, and you know, and the comics were great. I love the comics, it's very funny. Um, you know, so it's and I, from what I've seen on uh, on social media so far, the tone of the show is, is akin to the tone of the comic books, where it's just this very humorous, very almost slapstickish um, show where She Hulk is being, you know, just just being funny, right? Um, and there's not really, you know, there's never really been a lot of dramatic depth to She-Hulk because she was always a humorous character um, because Hulk was always the dramatic one. It was, you know, he was very melancholy, very, um, very operatic or, um, you know, very, very sci-fi horror-esque, you know, character was always the right, you know, the Hulk Bruce Banner. So She-Hulk was open to have a, t- a different tone um, and be funny and be, you know, irreverent and be, um, you know, sensual and, you know, and, and you know, and, and be confident in who she is and in her uh, in her femininity and in her sexuality and all those types of things. Um, whilst, you know, because it's the, the, the duality of like she's very feminine, but also she's very, you know, very muscular, very tall. You know, she's seven foot tall, uh, seven or eight foot tall uh, woman, depending upon canon and, you know, and, and writers or whatever. Um, but she's also very feminine. Right. Um, so they were, you know, so she was allowed to be very funny and, and all this type of thing. So it wasn't a lot of a lot of super dramatic depth to uh, to She-Hulk comics from what I remember from the, from the ones that I've read and from what I remember. I haven't read a She-Hulk comic since I was like 16. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I haven't read one since I was like 16 years old. Um, <laughs> so, you know, but I've, but I've been I have frothed at the mouth. And when I tell you, I mean, I've like, you know, I've been it's just absolutely just feral um, about the idea of a she-hulk show right when that trailer dropped and she was carrying that dude i was like how does it feel to live my dreams you know what i mean how does it feel to do the thing that i want so badly my god man right um so but i haven't gotten around watching the show right i mean to i so badly mean to especially after the megan the the stallion episode apparently um you know, I, I so, so very much mean to watch that show. Uh, but there's just so many things that I haven't gotten around to doing. I was watching Sandman for a while. Sandman has been absolutely killing all of my time. Because um, it's another show that I really, really, really love, really enjoy. Um, you know, but yeah. So nothing has really drawn me in, right? And seeing these really really solid shows get reduced to ashes um and burned away in you know in the wake of corporate greed has really it's put a damper i I, i've talked i don't know if i've talked about this on the podcast but i've definitely talked about this to people in my life um i wrote a treatment for about 25 dc projects um that i wanted to pitch to warner brothers next year right i wanted to pitch at least one to warner brothers next year um and see if I could get something on the ground or get something going about this project. But, you know, um, but looking at this, I'm, it's so demoralizing and so, um, 
so heartbreaking almost right to watch uh to watch art be destroyed for nothing right for for absolute nothing because it's not like you're going to get anything out of it you're not you're not going to get anything out of it nothing is going to to be exciting and and you know new or whatever and and no matter what they're saying about like oh we're going to focus on this and we're going to we're going to make this the best it possibly can be they're not it's it's not going to happen right because you've set this very dangerous precedent um that everything is you know everything is replaceable which in, in entertainment we all know it right we all we all know that we're all interchangeable cogs almost that if you're not relevant at any given time then you're you might as well just not exist right when you're in this industry but you know you you've made you've you you've said to your artists that their work is not appreciated and their work is almost uh to the level of unwanted right with the way that that this has been carried out and um with the way that this has been um treated right so when you when you say to me oh we're gonna we're gonna focus on dc properties dc properties are gonna have so much work that they would have to do to actually you know to to actually really draw me in or get me to watch anything <laughs> that they put out after um after uh the flash movie is gonna come out because i'm not watching that i'm not gonna watch that i'm not gonna watch uh i'm not gonna watch a lot of stuff i haven't watched anything of dc since like the suicide squad 2021 2022 i don't know when that movie got the one the one of Idris Elba. um you know that i haven't watched anything dc since that right so they have so much goodwill that they have absolutely flushed down the toilet and for me to even think about watching anything that they produce um would take like an idea because i was excited about blue beetle i don't know if that's going to survive it might hit the chopping block but it would take something like that it would take a blue beetle and it would take you know two or three weeks of people going to see it and consistently saying yeah this is solid right um before you know from people that i actually like because i'm i'm stepping away from discourse uh when it comes to like social media i i can't i i'm not doing it anymore right like i'm just i'm not doing it anymore i'm not dealing with it anymore um like it's it's gotten to that point where you're where you're you're basically people just yelling into the void angry um you know that someone might disagree with them about a a, a take on um you know on on the welfare of uh you know of of uh of alderaan or some nonsense you know or you know or how healthcare works in gotham city and next thing you know everybody's yelling back and forth about you know about whether or not batman is good or evil um he's trash by the way um but i'm just i'm not i'm not dealing with it anymore i'm not doing it anymore um I've just I've gotten to the point where I'm like, especially after this Lord of the Rings thing with the discourse surrounding that. And it's it's a fine show. It's fine. I'll get into a real review of it um, next week or, or or once once the entire season comes out or at least half the season comes out. I'm going to I'm going to talk about how I feel or what I'm thinking and give a give give a review on the show so far. I will give a sneak peek so far. Solid. Solid show. If you're thinking about watching something, you just need something you can just uh, turn on you know, for an hour and just, you know, just kind of watch it, not think too heavy or anything like that. 
you can watch it. It's not super lore heavy. Um, there's some, you know, if you read the books, um, then, you know, there's a little bit of a deeper understanding for you that you can enjoy. But uh, but if you haven't read the books, everything is still compact. Uh, it doesn't really follow the books too heavily. Like it doesn't really follow them. Kind of does its own thing. Um, so just be forewarned, if you're one of those people who is like a lore historian and you want everything to be just so with the lore, it this is not the show, right? So... Uh, just go into that with forewarning. Um, th there's legal reasons for why that was um, why that was not possible. It's not it's not because they they're disregarding anything. It's not because they don't like the lore. It's just legally they could not use. Um, I believe they legally could not use the Silmarillion and they could not use certain characters because of those characters ties to the Silmarillion as opposed to the Lord of the Rings. So they were working with a limited IP. Um, it's not it's it is not that they disregarded the lore. It's not that they disliked the lore. It's not that they wanted to get rid of the lore. That is not the reason. There were legal reasons. They legally could not put in a lot of characters, so they had to streamline a lot of things and make it comply with what they could do. So they've switched around a few things, and they, so but they're they're doing an okay job so far of getting it to comply narratively with what uh, with the Lord of the Rings story right where it's heading um but yeah i'll do i go in i'll go into depth about that or whatever um when you know when half the season comes out uh because i think it's what eight eight ten episodes something like that so a couple more weeks two weeks um i'll talk about it uh but yeah so it's on time to uh what uh what what we're watching what 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 am i what am i watching what am i recommending skibbity doo bop beep beep bbd um that's the that's that's the theme song for that um this week i would say go and read uh because i've been reading a lot lately again feels good i just bought so many books um with money that i do not have um but i bought them uh bought so many books um but this week i would say go and read Jeanette McCurdy's I'm Glad My Mom Died. Uh, it is a fantastic read. It is heartfelt. It is heartbreaking. Um, it is eye-opening. Uh, and if you like any of those uh, Nickelodeon childhood shows, uh, it may... Um, you know, I'm sure everybody on the planet has heard of this book at some point, but let me tell you, as somebody who bought a hardcover signed copy um, of Jeanette McCurdy's, I'm glad my mom died. Um, I'm telling you right now, go and read that book. Go and read it. It is wonderful. It is lovely. Um, and if anybody out there listening to this knows Jeanette, let her know that I would love to have her on the show um, to talk about uh, her writing and her um, and her love for directing. Um, I would love to do it. Uh, let's chit chat. Um, yeah. On that note, this has been 30 minutes and 45 seconds of me talking uh, into the ether. So um, into your ear holes. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to have a full conversation with me or yell at me about something that I've said today, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Morgan L. Brooks. Um, 
or you can i guess you know you can find uh find me on instagram as well i don't know if you want to see uh see like stuff that i do behind the scenes of short films and and things that i do you can find me on instagram at morganell underscore brooks um or if you just want to pad my tiktok numbers you can just you know you can find me on tiktok at hidden time lord h-i-d-d-e-n-t-i-m-e-l-o-r-d um and you can find me on youtube uh it's just morgan brooks i don't know or you know just find it i have music on there um i have music on there i have uh i have a couple of uh demo stuff i have some uh a, a really really uh quickly made short film that i made in a couple days um wrote directed edited and put out all in two days um it's a 48 hour film um you can check that out on uh you know at the link in the thing something i don't know go check it out on youtube it's on youtube um on my youtube channel uh and i have some other stuff there that you might enjoy maybe i don't know i don't know how much of me you can handle um but yeah i enjoyed this time i look forward to doing it again next week um thank you for listening if you listened i don't know thank you i appreciate it uh i have a lot of things in my brain and I oftentimes don't get to say them. Um, so this is an opportunity for me to say those things. And hopefully just, you know, maybe maybe you learned something. Maybe you, maybe you already knew everything I said and you're just saying, hey, I'm glad someone validated me. But I'm, I'm happy to be here. Um, so thank you for listening. I appreciate you. Uh, goodbye.